Righto, not going to mess around too much this episode of the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. Round 5 of the NBL was completed last week. Let's do a quick recap of all the games. They pretty much speak for themselves. Let's go. Garbage Time! Just a little bit out of position. Does it take a second look at the lob? So there will be one more position after this one. Flowers. I love it. Get the young fellow the ball on the run. 36 is in particular. It's much needed. Here's Humphreys. Excellent. Got a thought of the play right there. Oh, love it. A second look at the move from Humphreys. Look at that. That team does well to slide over and get off. Maxwell, one point game with two and a half to play in quarter number three. <laughs> Give him a bonus point. Shot clock down to nine again. Silivich with a really long range attempt. That was amazing. Here comes McCarron for the 36ers. Yes. Yes, this couldn't really hurt. Oh, yes, a great three-pointer. And the 36ers are in control. The 36ers, a very good win for them. Here in Auckland. All right, first game in round five of NBL 24. We had the New Zealand Breakers playing the Adelaide 36ers, traveling to New Zealand for this one. Will McDowell-White continues to struggle from the field for the Breakers. He shot one of 11, only scored two points in this game. He had 11 assists, still running the team well, but just not shooting the ball as well as they would like this stage in the season. Uh, they had good production out of Zylon Cheatham and Anthony Lamb. Still unsure as to the severity of the injury to Zylon Cheatham in this game. He did have to leave early. I think that hurt them going into the last quarter of the contest and unfortunately they weren't able to get over the line versus the 36ers. PJC Parker Jackson Cartwright continues to play pretty well. Probably didn't have such a good game here, but he is proving to be a nice piece for them. Getting good looks from the guard spot, playing next to Will McDowell-White and sharing the point guard duties with him. Not much for the next uh, Mantis Rubstasvicius. That's as good as I'm going to be able to say it this time. Only playing the four minutes in this game and hitting a three. Depending on the severity of the injury to Cheatham, we may see more of him in the next few rounds. But yeah, Adelaide continuing their good form here since the addition of DJ Vasilievich. Vasilievich had 24, shot 5 of 9 from the three-point line, shooting the ball very well and facilitating the offense for others well. Also, that has impressed me so far. Seeing Vasilievich be a playmaker in the offense is something I didn't expect him to do so much of. But Clearly, C.J. Bruton is asking him to play that role, something he didn't do as much for his previous club, the Sydney Kings. Jacob Wiley, despite having eight turnovers, was still a plus 16, had 12 points and 13 rebounds, and also four assists, played pretty well despite the turnover count. Isaac Humphreys, 
Very efficient game. 17 points, shot six for nine from the field and had 11 rebounds, a steal and two blocks. He has, despite a slow start, really come into form and playing inspired basketball for Adelaide at the moment. Uh, Sunday Detch stepped up in the absence of Trey Kell, who had a bit of an injury scare in this game. Apparently, he should be okay going forward, and they expect him to come back next round, but he missed a bit of time during the game here and had to have something assessed in the locker room. So in his absence, Sunday Detch did play very well, had 10 points and shot two for two from the three-point line, including a killer shot down the stretch to put it right out of reach for the Breakers. Adelaide playing really well right now. They've run into some form. Vasiljevic and Bruton put it down to good practice sessions, good communication amongst the team. No one's afraid to tell each other what they really think. And all signs point to good for Adelaide going forward. They win this game 97-85 to over the New Zealand Breakers after having a 27-14 to final quarter. So far in NBL 24, they've just won one of their five first quarters. Cairns tight ends are fast. Oh, that's a great there start. <laughs> Throwing. Throws it down. Meninga using his bulk to score under the basket. That's what I'm talking about, Clemen. Good run from Josh Roberts. And a good finish from Roberts. He gets the rebound. He pushes in transition. He explores just a little bit. He creates for his teammates just there. It's Patrick Miller drives in the keyway and where your offense is coming from. Harvey! Can they reply? Clark. Using all that experience. Steps up. Tied up. Can they get a stop? Shot clock to five. He's going to force his way inside again. Oh, he and he's again. done it again. He's gone quick. They've got no timeouts here, the Hawks. It's going to be Tyler Harvey. Tyler Harvey you know special. it will be. He's done it before. From the logo. Harvey! Tyler Harvey's done it. Tyler Harvey. Fans, the Taipans are shocked. Ah, yes, so you heard it right there. Tyler Harvey shuts down the cans. Taipans at home. It's not the first time he's done it, but he successfully closes out this one at the Win Entertainment Centre for the Hawks. Another aggressive start by Sam Froling. He played really well across the 40 minutes of this game, despite only playing 24 minutes of the game. His contribution was very good. 16 points, 13 rebounds, and played very aggressive inside the paint when needed. Uh, As you heard there, Tyler Harvey finished the game with 20 and had five assists, three rebounds, but most importantly, the go-ahead basket with only 0.3 left on the clock to close out the Cairns Taipans. Patrick Miller led from the front. I don't feel like I've mentioned him enough on the podcast here. He is having an excellent impact on this Cairns Taipans squad, getting everyone involved, scoring the basketball. He had 24, six rebounds and seven assists and a steal and put them ahead with 10 seconds to go. As you heard in the drop there, it was just the Hawks who were able to come down and make the final shot. Uh, Sam Wardenberg, another good game from him. 14 points, 5 rebounds and 4 assists. Playing consistently well. Sam Menenga is a very good defensive player for the Cairns Taipans. The stats probably don't show it up. The numbers don't really reflect it as much as the optics on the court. He's playing very well, seeing significant minutes 
and playing at either the power forward or the center spot for the Taipans and defending opposition bigs very well. He's an impressive defensive player for the Taipans. Bobby Clintman, not much of an impact on this game. He had seven rebounds, but only three points. Uh, But pretty much it was Tyler Harvey's time to shine. It's all about him. He played very well. Gary Plark alongside him, not the most efficient game, wasn't firing from three, only the one for six from the three-point line, nine points and three rebounds, but he played a very good support role to Harvey. Yeah, the overall shooting percentage by the Hawks wasn't great, but they stuck at it. They really knuckled down in this game and were able to eke it out in the end. I thought it was an impressive game from Lachlan Ulrich as well. He's having a good impact for the Hawks and Jacob Jacobus seems to have found a decent rotation for this squad. Also, Hugh Young Lee was good in this game despite not getting too much opportunity. Uh, He had six rebounds, seven points, went three for seven from the field, only hit the one three, but he has consistently shot the ball well this year in limited opportunity. Uh, But I thought this was a great win for the Hawks Their backs were against the wall. They needed to get this one, and they got it in the end on a go-ahead three-pointer by Tyler Harvey. And it was good to see. The parity in this league continues to ramp up. Teams with not such a good start to the year are now coming good and challenging some of the other front runners in the league, with the exception of Melbourne United, who are far and away the best team in the league so far. But yeah, this game... The Hawks win 84-83 on that final shot by Tyler Harvey. Very impressive win by them. McVeigh in motion. 15-4 start. Just looks so clean. And Ryan Tool takes it straight out. Marcus Lee drops. And we've got a two-point game. Right back in. Got a chance for him to make it two. Just like that. Tasmania was still asking whose ball it was. Melbourne laid it up. Clark for the corner. It is pretty to watch right now for the visitors. They never go away. Doyle for three. They will not go away. Hang on a second. Hold the phone. It's a six-point game. They lays it up. Melbourne United survive a late scare from the never-say-die Jack Jumpers, but take their record to 7-1 and one to start the season. They sit on top of the NBL ladder right now. Melbourne United took on the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers at My State Bank Arena, and they walk away with the victory 90-82. to 82. Scott Roth in his post-game presser giving kudos to Dean Vickerman in his 300th game of coaching in the NBL, admitting he is a massive fan of watching him coach and respects him as one of the best coaches in the league. The Jack Jumpers showed a lot of heart in this game, uh, never giving up despite getting down by 17 at one point. Jack McVeigh was a standout for the Jack Jumpers, scoring 20, seven rebounds, three assists, a block and a steal. He is continuing to show why he is the glue of this team. He keeps working to get better and contributing more and more on this team, saying that he looks up to and respects his teammates, admires the culture of this team. 
Scott Roth didn't seem too worried about this loss, admitting the season is a marathon, not a sprint. However, Tasmania were not able to hold court in this one versus the league-leading Melbourne United squad who had contributors across the board. Ian Clark, 19 and 3 assists. Luke Travers had 14 points and 13 rebounds, a couple of steals and a block as well, continuing to show why he was one of the best pickups in the offseason for any squad. He has gone ahead in leaps and bounds since joining Melbourne United and Boy, couldn't the Perth Wildcats use him at the moment. CG43, only the seven points in this game, shooting one of nine from the field. It didn't matter as Melbourne United had efficient contributors, including Joe Lowell Achul, 17 points and 10 rebounds on five of eight shooting. Also, Kyle Bowen, who he scored 17 points in 13 minutes of game time, going three for five from three-point land as well. So he was definitely a surprise in this game, but definitely pushed Melbourne United over the line, playing away versus Tasmania. Scott Roth, not worried. He's going home to watch TV and smoke a cigar and move on to the next game later in the round. And just a quick congratulations from this podcast to Dean Bickerman. Congratulations on the 300th game and celebrating that with a win. Melbourne United certainly proving to be the toughest out in the competition so far. As we see next, uh, Rocco Zakarski check in and on due a dunk over Alex Saar. They came in with so much pressure on their shoulders. Not the start they wanted. Sobe just oh, rolls boy. through the lane. There's a lot of talent in those two frames as well. Here is Saar going straight to work. Leaning in and the foul. It's a phenomenal move right there. Um, at Perth, who have struggled to shoot the ball from outside. One of 12, Rowdy. Batman hasn't struggled. Sobe strokes it. The defense has been their calling card so far this season, Brisbane. And we spoke pre-game as Pender takes it all the way inside. Oh, the Red Army are restless at the moment. The team's trying to force their way back in. Oh, oh Harrison with a monstrous dunk. Oh, my God. Tyrell Harrison. This is a grown man move. And Harrison goes in right at the rim again. I think the code word in Perth will be coach this week. Oh, geez, that's... Uh... As Webster misses from downtown. Four seconds remaining. Here's Corey Webster. Gets a three to finish. They come up empty on the final possession. Bullet the bullets, but it does not matter. It's a big win for Brisbane. And on Mitch Norton's return to Perth... The Bullets, his new club, get the win on this occasion, 84-79. to Justin Schuler is proving to be an extremely good head coach in his first attempt at leading a team from that position. Nathan Sobey continues to possibly have a career season. He scored 17, went 9 for 11 from the free throw line. Two assists, a block, and a steal. Tyrell Harrison, great game from him. 12 points, five rebounds, a steal, and three blocks in his 14 minutes. I think Sam McDaniel needs to be mentioned here. His job on Bryce 
Cotton was phenomenal, keeping Bryce to 3 of 19 shooting in this contest. Brisbane also debuting Josh Bannon, the young next star, is looks very, very good in the forward spot for this team. I think he will manage to keep his spot in the starting lineup, even with Aaron Baines returning soon from that suspension. He proved to be very effective when he was on the court. He ended up with 15 points, six rebounds, and a couple of assists, proving to be very good defending the opposition bigs. Uh, For Perth, things are looking a bit shaky over there. Craig Hutchison, team owner, says the Wildcats are primed for a great rest of the season. He's predicting they'll go on a huge win streak. I'm not sure about that. They're going to really have to improve rebounding as a team. Uh, John really admitted in the post-game press conference that they were simply not good enough, not playing well enough. Uh, Keanu Pinder was the standout in this outing, scoring 22 points. Five rebounds, shooting seven for 13 from the field and two for three from three-point land. Jordan Usher was basically absent during the whole game. Only four points in this contest. Uh, Bryce, as we mentioned there, only the 10 points, five assists. He had three steals and a block. Uh, But the job that Sam McDaniel did on him was elite defensively. The Webster brothers... Continue to see far too much court time for me. Uh, They are one of the big problems on this squad, in my opinion. Taking up way too much of the offense and not being anywhere near efficient enough to justify it. Ben Henschel received zero minutes in this game. Big coaching error there from John Rilly, in my opinion. Alex Saar, ineffective in this game, despite showing flashes of brilliance. He only had the five points and a couple of rebounds in 17 minutes of action. While most of the pundits seem to have faith in the Wildcats bouncing back, it's really tough to see at the moment. Brisbane continue to play very, very well, and they go into Perth and snatch the win in front of 10,000 strong at RAC Arena. They're four of five from deep, the Phoenix, leading the competition at 39% from long range on the season. Why not? Liapa, who's feeling confident, he peels off another three. Back-to-back triples for him to start this quarter. Welcome to Gary Brown's playground. That's what this is right now. He is just out there at lunchtime. Is McGow White exploring once more, adding to his tally. He's now into double figures. Cartwright works to the baseline. That's another two. He's got 27 points in the game to go with a game-high seven assists as well. Duncan hard work of this to South East Melbourne Phoenix. Red numbers on the shot clock. They need a bucket and a big sword. Provides it. Steady the ship here in the last quarter. Oh, this is the back end there. So the door is just not enough. So eventually, um, what was looking like a big win for the Phoenix ends up being a narrow survival. Okay, so the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix take on the New Zealand Breakers. Southeast Melbourne have been unstoppable at home so far, winning all four games at home this season. Uh, They get this one narrowly by three points after leading by 26 earlier in the game. New Zealand showing a hell of a lot of heart and soul, fighting back in this game from a massive deficit. PJC Parker Jackson Cartwright finished with 33 points. He was 9 for 17 from the field and had 8 assists 
and a steal. He was easily the standout for the breakers and kept them in it right up until the end. Will McDowell-White, finally a good scoring game, 14 points. Didn't facilitate as much in this game, but went 6 of 14 from the field. He's starting to find his range. Findelaney had an extremely efficient game, went 6 for 9 from the field, 3 for 4 from the three-point line, and finished with 21 points, 4 rebounds, and a couple of assists. Playing a good support role to Parker Jackson Cartwright there, but it was slim pickings elsewhere. Isaiah Liafa, after starting well, only finished with 10 points. Came Glidden off the bench, hit a couple of threes for 6 points, including a three to put them within two with seconds to go. But the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix pull it out at home and win by three. Uh, Alan Williams, the standout for the Phoenix, 21 points, 13 rebounds, getting the majority of the team's rebounds there. Craig Moller and Mitch Creek chipping in with five and six, respectively. Mitch Creek also 20 points, seven for 10 from the field, and a couple of threes. Had quite a good game. Ben Eyre off the bench deserves a mention here very efficient game 10 points on three for five shooting two for three from behind the three-point arc that was noted by will cummings in the post-game presser how much they appreciate ben air coming off the bench and playing his role the way he did mike kelly noting that the phoenix don't need a loss to gain knowledge on how they can improve they don't need to lose to do that according to mike kelly they almost gave this one away to be honest the new zealand breakers who have played through much adversity so far this season, interrupted preseason to various players, traveling to the US and getting pounded over there. Also, they lost Justinian Jessup, of course. Uh, they've added Anthony Lamb, who's been good, but was fairly absent in this game. Uh, so Modi Mayor is pledging to the fans that the guys are doing everything they can on the practice court to get things together on court. He is very positive about where they are at the moment despite not quite having the wins on the board they sit at the bottom of the ladder at the moment on one and four uh, but surely they will improve off that in the coming rounds they certainly showed a lot of fight in this game and the phoenix were a little bit lucky to pull it out uh, after developing a massive lead earlier in the game so uh yeah, they get the win here, Southeast Melbourne. Maintain their perfect home record, but they need to not get too complacent uh, despite putting a big gap between them and the opposition. They move to 5-3 and three on the season and sit second on the ladder behind Melbourne United. And they take out this game 103-100. to 100. <laughs> Down for Bull Qual, puts Cairns in front. Early one, time Valentine, got him. Miller one into the other, did everything but finish. Just tap out from Clintman. Wardenberg with a deep two. Cairns are having a whole lot of fun right now. Wardenberg, clanging and banging, finds two more. Wardenberg wide open. It goes! At the three-quarter time buzzer. Shot clock once again down to single figures. Qual drives and scores. The ultimate bounce back from the Cairns Taipans after having their hearts broken on Thursday night. They butter up and knock off the two-time defending champions, the Sydney Kings. That's right. It was the Cairns Taipans defeating the Sydney Kings. Sydney travelling up to Cairns for this one and putting it 
down on DJ Hoag's return to Cairns. Unfortunately, he did not play too well in his first game back for the season in a Sydney Kings uniform. He only put up the 13 points and went two for eight from behind the three-point line. Had four rebounds and a couple of assists and three steals and also two blocks. He actually had a pretty good defensive game, pretty effective on that end, but uh, not quite as effective as he would have liked on the offensive end. Quatnoy was the standout offensive player for the Sydney Kings. He had 18 in this one. Jalen Adams, uh, only the 13, 4 for 16 from the field, 1 for 8 from 3. Pretty poor showing from him. Rebounded the ball quite well, but was highly inefficient shooting-wise. And uh, the starters not quite getting it done. Up in Cairns there, Jonah Bolden off the bench, 11.7 rebounds in almost 20 minutes of game time. It's still hard to see what they're doing with him, what sort of role he's playing. Alex Tui seems to be sticking in the starting five for Sydney, although the stats don't reflect his effectiveness in the game, really. Denzel Valentine, not really justifying his minutes in this game. Two for seven from the three-point line, only seven points. Yeah, Sydney getting outplayed by the Cairns Taipans in this one. Uh, unfortunately, Cairns lose Patrick Miller to injury, uh, but it was a chance for the Sams to step up. Sam Wardenberg, 22 points, 9 for 16 from the field, 2 for 4 from behind the three-point line, six rebounds and three assists. Bull Qual played the full 40 minutes in this game and was the game-high leading scorer, 24 points, 9 for 19 from the field, Four for seven from behind the three-point line. Had five rebounds and a couple of assists as well. Bobby Clintman for the Cairns Taipans. Almost 35 minutes in this game. 17 points and eight rebounds. Playing quite well. Sam Menenga had a very, very good defensive game. The numbers don't show how effective he was either. Four points and seven rebounds. Alex Madronia, he stepped in in the absence of Patrick Miller, proving he can be an effective point guard in this league. That was noted by Adam Ford in the post-game presser, how much they appreciated his effort off the bench, filling in once Patrick Miller went down. But overall, after the uh, Taipans lose a narrow one versus Illawarra earlier in this round, they bounce back strongly against the two-time defending champions, the Sydney Kings. And they win the game at home, 87-80, to in front of almost 5,000 fans at the Cairns Convention Centre. Good win by the Cairns Taipans. Yeah, Clark, a good look. Nice feed inside from Swaka Labuli. Got a hand to it to keep it alive and another opportunity. And Dan Greeter takes them on. Gets to the bucket. Good, strong take. Clock works to single digits. Golding joining in. Trying to shake Harvey right in his grill. He knocks down a Three of the game. Testing Chris Golding really well, the Hawks, and he's still knocking him down. Lopez, great finish from Clark, set up by Robinson. And Dean Rickman is not happy. Put on the accelerator, nice finish. Melbourne back in front. Clark in the corner, shot clock rolls to red numbers, almost at the halfway line here to make something happen. One and Swacker Lebullock elevates and knocks down the two. Lee can hit, get streaky. Oh, Robinson stripped of it. Shea Ely takes on Albrecht. Angels are done for us. Albrecht is going to foul out of the game. Koala Chul running out of real estate. Long pass back to Robinson. Keeps it alive. Oh, back to what a pass. Threading the needle. Robinson for the dunk. Lee at the other end is off the mark. But Melbourne United have won six in a row. They move to 8-1 top of the ladder. Melbourne United. 
face the Illawarra Hawks at home on a day when the 93 Melbourne Tigers team are celebrating their 30th anniversary. Legendary team, Gaze, Copeland, Stephen Whitehead, Brad Key, all those guys that I idolised growing up watching NBL basketball, all there in attendance to see Melbourne United win this one. No Ian Clark for Melbourne United. So Tanner Krebs stepped into the starting lineup and was admirable in his performance. 14 points, 4 assists on 6 of 11 shooting. But Chris Golding in this one, 7 threes, went 7 for 13. The Hawks were trying to guard him in all sorts of ways. They couldn't stop him. He was absolutely on fire from the three-point line, finished with 33 points. Luke Travers, very good in this game, 6 points, 11 rebounds. Had a few turnovers as the Melbourne United squad were trusting him with with the ball at point guard, as Dean Bickerman noted in the press conference. Shea Ely, 17 points, uncharacteristic high-scoring game. Also had three rebounds and three assists, a couple of steals as well. Joe Luar-Lachul, a strong performance from him, nine points, nine rebounds and a couple of blocks. Rob Lowe, no minutes logged in this game. They didn't need him. They might be wrapping him in cotton wool for the rest of the season and saving him for the finals should they need him down the stretch. Flynn Cameron played a bit of a role off the bench. He had seven points and six rebounds. Melbourne United as a team doubled the rebounding count of the Illawarra Hawks. They had 49 total to the Illawarra squad, 24 rebounds total. They simply did not rebound the ball well enough to compete in this game, despite really good performance from Gary Clark. He had 24 points. Justin Robinson, 20 as well. He went three for six from behind the three-point line, shot the ball very well, had nine assists, ran the team admirably. Coach Vickerman also noted that their defense was focused on Tyler Harvey and stopping him. So they slowed him to an extent. Tyler only with the 10 points after hitting a dagger against the Cairns Taipans earlier in the round. But yeah, rebounding was the story here. The Illawarra Hawks did not rebound the ball well enough to be able to beat the league-leading Melbourne United team who have just lost the one game so far this year and clearly the best team in the league. It's up to everyone else to catch up to what they're doing. They're loaded and in front of the 93 Tigers delivered a standout performance winning 96-84. to Lux of fortune for the Bullets and here's Rocker. It's Ovi to the rack and one. Bully ball. The jack jumpers. All sorts of problems stopping Jack McVeigh now. Good crowd in the house this afternoon. The home team have been very good for most of it, but they're not there yet. Majuk Deng to the rack. He scores. One point game. Norton didn't shoot. Bannon rolls to the cup off the window. Wolfel lays it up. And now Justin Schuler calls a timeout. Boy. Didn't get this thing in. Oh! Oh my. Stolen away by Tasmania. Crawford to tie it up. Oh! Misses. And the bullets hang on. Scott Roth preaches defense to his team and says that is what is going to get Tasmania Jack Jumpers the championship this year if they can work it out. They weren't good enough defensively in this game to beat 
the Brisbane Bullets. Brisbane hold on at home despite being outscored 25-21 to in the last quarter. It was a close game for the most part. The Jack Jumpers hanging around as they do, keeping it close. But Brisbane get the win. Uh, Nathan Sobey, 28 points, 10 of 16 from the field, 4 of 7 from 3-point land. Continuing his MVP campaign for NBL 24. Josh Bannon, very good in this game, logged 27 minutes. He's proving to be one of the team's best players. Uh, he had 10 points and 10 rebounds. Sam McDaniel was very, very good on Milton Doyle. Uh, playing against his former club, he locks up potentially their best player. Milton Doyle, only the seven points in this game and eight assists to go with a couple of steals. Sam McDaniel was praised in the post-game presser by Justin Schuler for his efforts. Other notables for Brisbane, Isaac White off the bench, 10 points and three assists. Chris Smith, in his 27 minutes, had 11 points, four rebounds and three assists, two steals. Nothing particularly outstanding for Brisbane, but they did play very well as a team, and everyone played their role to Justin Schuler's game plan in order to stave off the Jack Jumpers, who put up a spirited effort. Jordan Crawford, 16 points, 2 for 7 from the three-point line. They locked up on him, preventing good looks. He's been on a tear of late, so they limited him effectively. Jack McVay was probably the Jack Jumpers' best player in this game, 18 points, Four rebounds and a couple of assists. Majuk Deng off the bench. He had 17 points on 7-11 shooting despite being a negative 18 overall. Sean McDonald also played a decent role for the Jack Jumpers. 12 points and three rebounds. Yeah, they hung around. They hung around the Jack Jumpers. Scott Roth made a point of saying it was defense that cost them in the game. Marcus Lee continues to be foul-prone for the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. That is a problem at the center spot. They can't keep him on the floor for long enough periods of time. Once he sits down on the bench, it seems the opposing team to the Jack Jumpers get the edge on the offensive end. So the Jack Jumpers really need to figure that out with Marcus Lee, educate him on how he can stay in the game. But uh, yeah, Brisbane continuing their good form. They win this one at home, 90-87, to despite the fast finish from the Jack Jumpers to give them a scare. The Bullets hold on, continuing their good run, and they now sit... Four and four on the ladder in sixth spot despite their slow start and missing Aaron Baines who returns in their next game. So there you have it. Round five in the books for NBL 24. Apologies for this one coming out a bit late. We had a bit of a false start recording another episode of this podcast last week which put a bit of a dampener on things but still managed to pump this one out just prior to the start of round six in the NBL which begins tonight with Brisbane going up against South East Melbourne that should be an excellent game that's at 7.30 tonight couple of hours after this podcast drops make sure you get into this week's games of the NBL. this league is just getting better and better as it goes on thanks very much for listening once again i'm rodney e 
host of the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. See you next week. when we more heavily cover the NBL and that sort of stuff. But we've uh, also still got the engine that makes this show run, and that's the Oracle. How you going, mate? I'm good. Why don't you just rip right into your massive exclusive, mate? Well, everyone knows that, uh, yeah, if you follow basketball down here in Australia, that uh, Scotty Pippen came down for the opening of the NBL season, which, you know, he got he paid. Did, yeah. He got paid fucking $1.2 million to fucking come down. He was paid, that's right, to uh, come down. That would have weighed him, I'd say, the uh, 1.2 mil. Well, plus he's on – have you seen lately he's uh, he's done some sport bit ads? Oh, I haven't seen them actually. Yeah. No. So he's, he's done a few of them, so you'll probably see them shortly. That would have filled up his pockets even more. Oh, yeah. Well, he was at the AFL Grand Final and... Fucking... What the fuck he was doing there, I don't know. But, yep, yeah, he was there. Looking for, looking for more fucking cash. That's what he was doing. <laughs> looking for more ways to fill his pockets up. But saying that, you know, I uh, I was actually in the city and and knew he was down here. I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to fucking meet him. But lo and behold, he was walking the streets of... Oh, you ran into him? I fucking ran into the cunt. Jesus. What an exclusive. And um, I was able to, to quickly chase him down and uh, got the mobile out, and I thought I'll, I'll uh, sneak in a few questions. So I oh, uh, actually recorded a, a bit of question time with him. Yeah, fucking earth I did. I was uh, oh, able to. Let's yeah. hear this. Let's hear this, mate. Uh, so, Scotty, uh, fucking didn't expect to see it, but, you know, quick few questions if you don't mind. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. I'll, I'll be quick. Um, down in Australia, what do you think of the titties and shit, Danny? Very good. <laughs> All right, and uh, enjoy the NBL down here. You'll probably see some shit games to start off with being the start of the season, but uh, that's all right. But, you know, I uh, just want to quickly ask you, uh, what do you think about uh, MJ's head uh, going after your ex? <laughs> all right, well, uh, I'll think I'll leave it at that. Thanks, Scotty. Enjoy Australia. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's amazing, mate. I can't believe you actually got him. Um, I couldn't really understand his answers that well, but well, yeah, there you have it. I tried to get a photo with the camp, but he wanted 500 bucks. <laughs>